So our scriptures today made me think almost immediately as I read through them of change. Lots of songs have been written. The new Nobel Prize winner, Bob Dylan, said the times they are a-changing, right? Change is something that we face on a day-in and day-out basis. And there are kinds of changes that we enjoy and that we look forward to, and then there are changes that are difficult for us. So I want you to help me. What's a good change? If you were thinking about a change that would be good in your life or that you've experienced in the past, what's a good change? Go ahead. I'm sorry? A raise. Ah, man, sister. <laughs> what else? Grandchild? Yep, always. A Buick? <laughs> Healing. I thought you said a Buick. I guess that would be good, too. What else? What's other good changes that you think about? Good health. And then on the opposite side of that, when what's your experience with change that you've quantified or qualified as bad? What's a bad change? Get fired. Illness. Uh, difficult diagnosis. Yeah. Anything else? Family moves away? You betcha. I heard something over here, too. Still can't hear it. Ah, okay. So, so we all experience both kinds of change in our lives, right? And, and most of life is fraught with change. And change can make us uncomfortable for a lot of different reasons. But, but we know it's a fact of life, correct? So two of our characters and two of our different passages today experience or focus on change. The first one is Mary in the Magnificat, the psalm that we sang. So Mary is betrothed to Joseph, and she hears that she is going to be the one to bear the Messiah. And not only that, it's happening before she gets married. So here is this virgin woman, and she is told by the angel of God that she is going to give birth to the Messiah. Now, if it were me, I probably wouldn't respond with the kind of grace that Mary, Mary responded with. Her response is, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices with God, my Savior. I'm God's lowly servant. It's amazing he picked me, and whatever he said is going to happen, let it be done to me, and amazing things will happen through this child that I'm going to bear. Tremendous faith. Faced with, from her culture, an unwed woman who's pregnant would quite often be stoned to death, would most certainly be um, uh, left to, do, to deal with things on her own from her family, and her fiancé most often would break off the engagement. So Mary, facing all of these negative things, these big changes that could really not go so well for her, her response is one of deep faith and acceptance, Right? She says, whatever you want, God, I'm here, I'm going to do it, you know? And that is, that's remarkable to me. And it's, and it's something that 
you know, it's one of the reasons why Mary is someone that we continue to admire and, and we continue to hold up as an example of extreme, beautiful, unconditional faith. She was facing huge changes, and she said, bring it on. Bring it on. John the Baptist, in the passage that we have today, he's been thrown in prison. You probably remember the story. He told Herod Antipas that, um, that he shouldn't have married his brother's sister, not cool, against the rule of law, against God's will for him. And so Herod Antipas said, okay, you're going to jail. So from jail, John is hearing all this stuff about Jesus. And so he sends his disciples, John's followers, to Jesus to say, are you really the guy that we're looking for, or should we look for someone else? John had this idea, was the prophet that was proclaiming that change is going to come. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make your paths straight. This one, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals, right? John is proclaiming a word of change. And then, <coughs> when change happens, it's not the change he expected. You see, the idea of Messiah... For John and, and for most of Israel was that Messiah would be a ruling king, a political king, one that would set all of Israel straight, set all of those Roman soldiers straight, and sit on the throne and bring God's rule as the rule of law, and then there would be justice and everything would be right. Because God would be on the throne. <coughs> well, it wasn't really working out that way. The change that John had proclaimed wasn't the change that was happening. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and Jesus says, <coughs> go tell John. What, is he, what, is, what are they supposed to say? <coughs> Thank you. The blind have sight. The lame are walking. The dead are raised. The poor are cared for. Tell them that that's what's happening, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. <coughs> the changes that Jesus, Jesus was bringing weren't the kind of changes that were expected. Have you ever had expectations about a change in your life and it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go? Yeah. There's an important distinction when we talk about expectations. When I have an expectation that Christmas Day, all of my family will gather and everything will go perfectly. There won't be any arguments. There won't be any misunderstandings. Every gift that is opened and give, given will be exactly what each person wanted. And the joy will overflow. And 
life will be good. That's an expectation. And inevitably, I don't know about in your life and your family, it doesn't always go that way, does it? People get into arguments and people's feelings get hurt and someone is disappointed because they didn't get the thing that they'd hoped they'd gotten. And, and, and there's a lot of drama. Expectation. Well, there's a way that I think God calls us to live. And it's not living with expectations. See, John expected a certain kind of change. John the Baptist expected a kind of change. And then he was having trouble negotiating what was actually happening, what Messiah was doing, what Christ was doing, with his preconceived ideas of the way it should go. We can live our lives building up expectations when we're going to get that raise, you know, and, and what our job's going to look like and, and what the family vacation is going to be and everybody's going to have a blast and then you've got pouting teenagers, right? <laughs> you, can, you can go and go and go with expectations. But what I think God calls us to is to live a life of expectancy. And here's the difference. Expectations are things that are a script. It's, it's a preconceived idea of the way things are going to go. Expectancy is more an open, expansive heart where you go, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen next. You know, I know the family's going to come over, and I know there might be some rough moments, but I wonder where I'll see God in this. I wonder where God will move in, in my family or in that family vacation or in my prayer time. If I have expectations, 99% of the time I'm going to be disappointed. Because if, any, if life's taught me anything, it's that a lot of unexpected changes happen. Lots of things happen that aren't according to my script, the way I thought it was going to happen. But when I live with expectancy, the whole world of God opens up. And there's this sense of, I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder where I'm going to see God today. That's our colic today says, stir up your power, O Lord, right? And that's kind of the life of expectancy. Stir up your power, O Lord. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. When change happens for me over the years, I've learned that life doesn't always go the way I had planned or the way I thought it would. But any time I experience change, whether it's a posit what I think of as a positive change or what I think of as a negative change, God is always there. And I learn and I grow and my faith deepens and, and my experience of God deepens and my understanding of who I am changes. And I think perhaps that's probably true for a lot of you as well. Change doesn't have to be the dictator of our emotion and our faith. One of the most important things 
that we know about God is that God is unchangeable. God is reliable. God's love for us is constant. Can't be taken away. No matter what you do, no matter what I do, no matter what I think, no matter what you think, no matter how I behave or how you behave, God's love is unchanging. God's forgiveness is always available. God never takes that away. God always extends grace, always extends mercy, always extends love. And he is that father that runs to us with open arms and say, come on, I'm ready for you. Come home. God is unchangeable. We face changes every single day. But we have a God who is unchangeable and is always ready, waiting, and willing for us to come. I pray as we complete the Advent season, we got one more Sunday. I don't know how many shopping days we have left, but, you know, um, don't let those changes freak you out. Um, I pray that as we prepare, as we are preparing for God's birth, the birth of Christ, that we allow ourselves to open up with expectancy, with expectancy, with that wonder of children wondering what's going to happen next. Where will God be? Where will I see this Savior that has come to heal the blind and care for the sinners, care for the poor. This one who loves magnificently. I pray that each of us in the next couple of weeks and going forward can live lives of expectancy, rolling with the changes. In Jesus' name, amen.